Welcome to the Inside Golden State Politics podcast, where we discuss the political and policy issues of a state still mired in a pandemic. I'm Bill Boyarski, former city editor and columnist for the Los Angeles Times. And I'm Sherry Bebich Jeffy, self-styled media maven and retired professor of public policy communication at USC, coming to you from quarantine fatigue land. Quarantine hell? <laughs> quarantine, self-quarantine fatigue land. And oh my, Bill, I am getting real tired of this. Yeah, people are starting. To, Steve Lopez uh, in the Times this morning admitted he's getting cabin fever. Well, you know, uh, we're as we battle this uh, pandemic, um, I hear this mantra. It's mm-hmm. almost a cliche from all the politicians, and I don't know what it means. I heard uh, Nancy Pelosi Sunday on one of the shows. She says, Testing, 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 <laughs> tracking, tracking, tracking. And I had no idea what she means. And uh, I did a little research and we've talked about it. And it seems a little scary to me. What do you think? Well, first tell me why it's scary to The you. tracking part. I don't the like tracking, tracking me. I hate people tracking me, especially the government. And how are they going to do it? What scares me is they're going to do it by our good old smartphones. And, you know, I'm, I'm cherry of the whole thing to begin with. I know that everybody is listening into me wherever I go. I'd like to think it was because of my brilliance. But if it's happening, I doubt that's the case. You're absolutely right in terms of the questions being raised about should we give up a part of our liberty, our freedom, our independence in order to maintain control or hope to maintain control of the spread of this pandemic. It's not that different from the debate we had over whether or not we should introduce vote by mail. Is it health? Is it the right to vote? In this case, is it health or it is is it our privacy rights that are being um, that? Well, you know, we have a, privacy is uh, privacy is uh, deeply ingrained in in California law, isn't it, Sherry? That's the interesting part. Governor Newsom has said, "Well, maybe I'm going to hire up to ten thousand people to do contract contact tracking, i.e." Find out where you are through your phones. Find out who you've talked to. Find out if you've crossed the path of somebody. Well, the way I saw it in the statutes and the Constitution, privacy is explicit in the California Constitution. It's not only in the DNA of Californians who live on the frontier, but it's there in the Constitution. It's there in our statutes. I don't know. I'm not an attorney. How do you get around that if you get around it? Is the state of emergency enough to allow the governor to leapfrog over the Constitution? I don't know. Well, you know, the way this thing is going to work, as much as I 
nobody's really examined how it's worked, but nobody's governor, really told us. Period. Right? Governor, governor is one of these testing, 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 tracing, sure tracing. Everything's going to work out, guys. But the way I understand it's going to work is okay. I go in there for my test. <clears throat> then I go in there. I test positive. Now, uh -huh. the tester uh, has the would then enter my name uh, in some registry or something, or I would <clears throat> put the fact that I tested positive uh, on an app uh, on my iPhone. We will have an app for that. We will have, I will have, and I, I do this voluntarily. So I put the put it on my app. Bill, he's tested positive. Now I'm walking down the street with my phone on, and all of a sudden, somebody down the street is walking along with his or her phone on, and it says, "Bill's, you're approaching somebody who's testing positive." Okay, what happens then? I have no idea. Do people come up to me and put me in quarantine? I mean, I don't know. These are well, questions that really bug me. That does what that does happen in some countries where uh, not only is your information uh, entered into this app, but um, if you are tested positive, you will get a message saying, "Oops." You've just passed somebody who tested positive. You're quarantined for 14 days. That I don't think is a part of what is going uh, is being discussed between um, the the state government and and others, and between the federal government and uh, Google, Facebook, you name it. Um, what the argument is in favor of it by those who would like to see this kind of tracking instituted is. It will be voluntary, it will be anonymous, and it will end at after the pandemic subsides. Well, and I have a bridge I want to sell you. Do you think Americans who are already skeptical of government are going to buy that, even if it might be true? And I certainly wouldn't bet my house on its being true. Oh, you know, there's one other thing that, that caught my attention. This is all going to be connected. My compute, my phone to the phone across the street by Bluetooth. Well, and we all right. Know how reliable all right. Bluetooth now, is. all right. Those of <laughs> us who have uh, experienced Bluetooth uh, know that is is subjected to even what its supporters say are many glitches. <laughs> <laughs> you think <laughs> that's that's a good point, and the, you know some of the questions that have been raised again. Uh, you might pick up somebody who um, has tested positive, who might be separated from you by a wall. That's you might right. Pick up somebody who is is positive while you're out shopping in your hazmat suit and your gloves. And your mask and your goggles—it's—it's it's less than perfect, shall we say? There, there's some real risks involved there. 
Well, there really is. Um, it it's it, it is you know the way this thing theoretically would work is is that uh, they hire uh, Gavin Newsom wants to hire ten thousand people, uh, and and uh, so after do what? Well, okay, so <laughs> so so okay, I test I I take my test, I test positive. Then somebody in that office where I've taken my test wants to know who have I seen, you know, who would have been my contacts for the last few days. I try to remember. Then the um, then the uh, coronavirus cop goes and chases all of these people down. You know, we're going to have these thousands of people who will be calling up all of your contracts contacts and finding out about when you've had it and whether they've tested positive or not. I mean, it's a whole big operation. It'll put a lot of people to work. And it will cost a fortune. We've had contact tracking. We've done it for, uh, I guess, sex offenders, you know, to track sex offenders. And it's been people who have had to be trained to do in-depth interviewing. It is labor-intensive. It is slow. It is complex. Where, how are you going to train 10,000 people to do this correctly, even if it is only done by phone? Where are you going to get the money to put together the academy that Governor Newsom was talking about? How long will it take for this to come into being? I have so many questions about this. Not even, I mean, not Newsom's proposal, not anything that's come down from the federal government is specific enough, is detailed enough to understand what will go on. And the major question is, and the major concern is, what will happen to whatever data is gathered during and after the pandemic, even though the government promises it will all be anonymous and we will get rid of it, it won't be used again. Law enforcement won't use it. You know, now, that uh, brings up uh, Governor Newsom. You know, he <clears throat> he really uh, uh, does see the sunny side of life. Um, <laughs> I think you, you've, you've been uh, more critical of him than I have uh, through his whole administration. But, uh, you know, the guy, I, you watch him on television and uh, he, he does, you know, sunny side of life. And don't ask me too many questions. You know, my our friend, uh, our old friend, uh, George Skelton, the Los Angeles uh, Times columnist, said uh, California no longer has one party rule in Sacramento. It now has one man rule. Is there a difference? Well, I don't know. I mean, is he is he like a dictator? I don't see him as a dictator, no, but I see him of a governor of a state, a democratic governor of a democratic state with democratic control of both houses of the legislature. And that does give him carte blanche and a governor in the midst of a national and state emergency. 
And during those periods of time, like it or not, um, I think what he's doing at this point anyway is so far legal. I mean, we do have the question of the tracking, and I'm sure that's going to go to the courts to resolve. But nonetheless, if it is one man rule, uh, I don't think it has the connotation of a a dictatorship. You know, I was just uh, fooling around a little and I looked up uh, New York. There is a Democratic governor, Andrew Cuomo. There is a Democratic legislature, not unlike uh, as there is in California. And Cuomo is doing much of the same thing and doing as much of the same thing with regard to executive orders and unilateral decisions as uh, Newsom is. And then we have President Trump. He doesn't have a totally Republican legislator, Congress, but he he is a Republican president uh, who uses a whole lot of executive orders. I disagree with George on on that particular point. Not that that Newsom is exercising extraordinary powers, but that uh, Newsom is one man rule. Every governor that I've heard, Pritzker. Democratic state control, and and he's a Democrat. Pritzker of Illinois. DeWine of Ohio, a Republican with a Republican legislature. They are being as bold as Newsom is, and they can be because state control is by and large with their political party. And George never really pointed that out. No, uh, no. No, that's really true. You know, uh, uh, all those governors you mentioned, including uh, Governor Newsom, their uh, popularity is Sky extraordinarily high. high, especially compared to the president's. And to the governor of Florida, interestingly. Right. Apparently, the approval ratings of governors have just gone sky high, but the governor of Florida, Governor DeSantis, down down. He is one of the few governors who has not profited from being strong and visible during this pandemic. But, you know, if you look at it, um, this is the year of gubernatorial ascendancy and largely because of the leadership that's been exerted during this pandemic. Governors have sort of been the stepchild of elective leadership in this country. No more. No more. You know, it, it, it makes me think, if, if, uh, if you don't mind a little history, um, back in the day when uh, you and I were uh, uh, starting, in our out, in our starting out writing about and observing uh, uh, the legislature in Sacramento, you know, the legislature was a part-time institution. Correct. They only met what, you know, 6 months for one year and then and then for a couple of months in another year. Yes. And the governor the governor really ran everything. Now what's what happened uh, was uh, uh uh reformers decided that the legislature should be an equal branch of government. Now, that's who the chief reformer was, Bill. It was Jesse M. Unruh. Yes, it was. Who, who wanted to run things himself. But he wanted... Oh, that's the he wanted, he wanted, he, 
So the legislature became an equal branch of government with good staff and all of that. Now, what's happened now is so interesting. The legislature, which was primed to go up there and uh, really, you know, have it out and have a say with Newsom, who was inexperienced, and the legislature, which was experienced, was all set to go up there and um, and have a say in all this. And uh, the pandemic hit, and they can't travel. They're back in their homes. So actually, actually Newsom, he's the only one around there who has any authority. The, the, the assembly isn't meeting. The Senate isn't meeting. Their leaders don't have anything to say. They don't have a way to say it. So it's all up to the governor. Look, at if he wasn't saying anything, if he wasn't a, uh, if if there wasn't one man rule, uh, who'd be <laughs> there? Wouldn't be anyone running the joint. There wouldn't be any rule. This is what you're saying. That's that. what I'm saying. That's yeah. true. But also remember, it's always been the case, and uh, right now it, it's bad news for Donald Trump that the executive gets the attention under any circumstance. They get the media, people listen to them. They are theoretically representative of the whole. And that helps a lot when you're governor and you want to get something done and you can articulate. And Newsom can do that. Trump is having real problems, but Newsom can do that. Yeah. Do you think... uh when you watch him uh, and observe him, uh, d- does he strike you as sort of a flibberty gibbet? I mean, he goes well, from one he, idea to the he, governor Newsom oh. goes from one idea to another. Uh, they all sound pretty good. They're not well thought out. The Times story uh, said uh, 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 chaotic governing style. Um, Where we that's heard sort that of, before? That's sort of a that's sort where of have we heard that, that before? Hmm? <laughs> I said, where have we heard that before? Chaotic governance style. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You're- well, I mean, you know that um, I have been skeptical of him, and partially for that reason. He is, in the end, a policy wonk, and he has lots of big and good ideas. Um, I don't see many of them coming to fruition. But he has done well with regard to this crisis. Now, the question is, I mean, we are testing, we are getting organized. The question is, how does this all end? How does this all get resolved? I do think, as I've said before, the Governor Newsom has stepped up to the leadership podium with regard to this particular issue. And I think he's been helped in this by communicating with and being communicated by the mayors and the local officials, the county supervisors in this state, most of whom are a part of what is happening. Yeah, I think it's also very helpful that um, he makes it a point of uh, being on television every day. Uh, Yeah. And... uh, I mean, even though a lot of people aren't watching at noon on weekdays, still, uh, you know, that's, that gets onto the local news, and it really makes him um, part of the discussion. I mean, 
he's like to most people, oh, he's the state. Yeah, well, that's that's what the the founding fathers and mothers and politicians thought the governor should be. And for a lot, you know, for a while there, governors just hid behind the political bushes. And we see some exceptions to that rule with regard to the coronavirus. You know, this is a related but different subject, but it's been something that's really bothering me. And it's coming to more and more public attention. The fact is that um, the coronavirus uh, has shown that the poor, Uh that African-Americans and Latinos, poor ones, have really not only uh, taken the brunt of this, but it exposes um, it exposes uh, a longstanding uh, problem, a, a longstanding evil of California. Um, that this is a state of rich and poor, and uh, as somebody said uh, this is exposed. We've talked about the income gap. Now this is exposed the health gap, and. Uh, you know, I have uh, I have written about this a lot. Uh, when I uh, wrote for Truth Dig, uh, we did a lot of stuff on this, and um, I and when I was at the paper, uh, we we were digging into this, um, and I just look at it and I just say, I don't know what to do. Oh, join the club. And it's very clear that our governments, state, local, federal, are in the same place. What can be done? You know, we've long been two Californias. It's the coast, the rich, the white, the well-educated, the well-off. And then there is the minority, the poor, the interior, if you will, of California. Well, well not just the interior. Wait, not just the, the interior, Let though. Me, whoa, stop. <laughs> Let me, the point being that that second California, the, the, the poor, the less educated, the less well-off people of color, people who can't afford to live on the coast, need the social services, including health care, which are lacking. But it's that first California, the rich, the well-off, the well-educated, the coastal, white, older Californians who are the voters who vote on whether or not those services are funded. I mean, the one issue that has been dodged throughout every discussion of what the four stages of reopening of California would be of what the federal action is going to be is this. What does it cost and how are we going to pay for it? I don't see that being directly addressed by anyone. Well, I'd like to put aside the cost for, you for, can. for a minute. This is a political well, well, environment. I know it, but in the first place, <laughs> you know, when you say, when you, when you talk about, to Californias, part of 
part of that California is coastal California. It's yeah, not far. It's not. It's not far from uh, from your house or my house. Nope. A few miles from your house. I mean, we have Los Angeles County has the highest rate of uh, of of illness and of deaths in the state. Um, it's growing. It's growing. Uh, finally, our elected officials have woken up to this and realized that uh, that poor people were not being tested. And now the uh, now there's testing, and um, eventually, to get back to our opening, there'll be uh, tracking. Um, but uh, uh, I don't know. You know, this is something. This. This may be. This is. This is. This is big, Sherry. This is. Oh, one day we, we're going gonna to have to be talking. That. We have to talk about uh, income redistribution. We're going to have to talk about uh, tax structure that uh, uh, that allows for uh, you know free college uh, and community college uh, uh, tuition. Uh, we're going to have to talk about better unemployment insurance. There's all kinds of things that are really being and healthcare and healthcare. lifestyle and lifestyle. Right. I mean, and, uh, one of the problems is that that African Americans are susceptible more than others to what high blood pressure. There is a significant rate of obesity. Not that there isn't among everybody else at this point in time, but nonetheless, that's that's not the greatest part of the disparity but a part of it. It it is it it is part of it. Well, Sherry, this is this is a this opens up a whole good one for us to talk about. Yeah, let's do it. Talk about in, income distribution. Yeah. Anyway, it's been uh it's been good visiting with you and good talking to Enjoy you. Me. Let's have our toast. Here's a, here's to us. Bye-bye. Here's here's to us. Bye.